It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Here we go, 4 o'clock hour, Reno's in, Vegas is here, ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. Damon is running the show, Adam Hill is back off vacation, we'll find out uh, more about his trip. Travel woes, you know I love that, love hearing that, love putting that out there for Sports Talk Radio. Uh, did you tweet at all during your struggles getting back to the United States? Um, a do you know who I am tweet uh, like tag an airline like I'm Adam Hill Nevada sports writer of the year and be careful don't cross me I didn't I did I did send a pretty pointed message to a chat I don't I don't think it's a bot I think it's a Ooh. person uh, I did I did send a message in a uh, in the chat through the app okay so I was like this is ridiculous uh, but I did do that but I didn't make anything public no. And I'm here now, so I made it. You made it. Right. You showed a little restraint. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah. You usually you get very angry and you use social media for your own benefit. <laughs> do I? You, he doesn't do that, actually. But I do know lots of Las Vegas media people who do it. Sure. And, uh, and we know what you're doing, so cut it out. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number four. Man. I'm not a TV news person. So I don't know what tests out well and what does not. Weather seems to still be a very big deal. And when it gets hot around the United States, here we go with the weather stories. We mentioned the weather here. Yeah, it's hot. It is just about every year here. Man on the street interviews. Watch what happens here with someone from the NBA Summer League who actually is not a local. The story is introduced by uh, Channel 7 in Detroit. All right, MOS, it's what journalists call man on the street. It's when a reporter grabs a man on the street for a quick interview, usually about a general topic like the weather. CNN had no idea that random speedwalker, not a Las Vegas resident, but Pistons GM, Troy Weaver. We're out here, I'm trying to beat the heat, but uh, it's par for the course. I mean, there's the heat here, uh, rains different places, thunderstorms, I mean, weather patterns have changed. It's funny, I was walking out the morning and uh, CNN grabbed me and did an interview. So people think I'm a Las Vegas resident. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the funniest thing. I mean, look, it, we're seeing this a little bit more. Uh, as, as I think especially as news clips go, you know, are more and more online and everybody gets to see them and they can recognize them. Uh, it's just funny. It's especially funny when it's obviously a completely non-sports entity. I think there are sports entities that wouldn't know who he is, by the way. Not a, he's not the most recognizable. Oh, by his face? Yeah, not no. the most recognizable guy out there, no. uh, for sure. Um, it happened, I don't, I don't know if you saw it a couple weeks ago. I, th- I think we might have even talked about it in the air with, uh, in Nashville, during the uh, NHL draft, they were doing Man on the Street, and they, they were stopping people and trying to trick them on like how dumb they are about hockey. And one of them was the Blackhawks GM. Oh, really? And they're like, do you know anything about hockey? He's like, a lot of people say I don't. <laughs> I mean, he, was, he, he played along really well, but they obviously had no idea. They, and was. they never got it. Never got it. Really? Yeah. And the guy's like, can you name a hockey player? And he just starts naming every player on their yeah. roster. Yeah. Why'd they put it in? To I, counterbalance everyone who knew they nothing? Must, they must have. Because yeah. I would assume when they did it, they're like, that's not what we want. <laughs> yeah. Boy, so. we, we, we freaking screwed that one up. Yeah. That guy knew everything about hockey. I guess our whole story is going to get blown to bits. Yeah, it was good. So, Channel 7 in Detroit intros the story. Uh, Then you hear, after the interview on CNN by the GM of the Pistons, then you hear him talking to 
uh, folks courtside during an ESPN broadcast at the Summer League explaining it. Uh, now, the, the weird thing there is he sounded like a local when he was commenting on how the weather has changed here. As I was watching, I'm like, there's thunders? What? Going on? Like, he sounded like, oh, well, things have changed. Like, he's been here for a long time. So then the news crew reacts, and boy, oh, boy, let's give him about 40 seconds here because it is open talk time. Oh, no. On a local news station. Oh, we no. all love this. They don't really have time to go off the script much, but when they do, here's what you get. We saw it on Twitter, and people are like, wait, is, is that Troy Weaver? And we actually reached out to CNN to get a copy of the video, and the producer was like, it would have been nice to know that that was Troy Weaver because right. none of them knew. I mean, of course, none of us know every GM in the NBA, but right. just to grab one guy. And it just happens to be him. Even <laughs> yeah. the way he was answering it, it felt I like know. a sports interview after a game, like, rain and you know it's hot out here i know <laughs> the way he was talking. i mean he probably assumed too he's like maybe they're grabbing me for like summer league stuff but <laughs> yeah. no it's just about the hot temperatures oh, well good, good sport to play along <laughs> yeah right. good sport good sport <laughs> okay the transition then was well detroit's not like vegas it's gonna be hot but not like vegas yeah it got uh it got rough but i i love the cnn producers like uh be nice to know who he was you could ask him sure. you sure. might ask everyone you talk to sure. Like, how long have you been a local? Well, I'm not a local. Okay, problem solved. I'm actually here every year right around this time. Right. <laughs> For these two weeks, I'm here. I can't believe he deceived us. Well, you can ask. They didn't say, are I mean, you the I, GM of the Pistons? Well, like, what do you do for – how long have you been here? What do you do for a living? Or just, how long have you been here? You sound like you lived here a long time. Nine days. Yeah. Since the start of summer league. You ever do man on the street for stories? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you actually ask a follow-up question? Like, that might not be for the quote. Uh, yeah, no, you always because when we when we do it, we always identify your know, name and right, spelling. And right. the first question we always ask is name and spelling. Okay, so that you have that right for the cry on and for everything. They didn't have a cry on. Yeah. Uh, they just threw. They just put the interview in. They just they didn't say who it was. So uh, that's always the first thing you ask them. That GM from the NBA tried to trick us. Number three. No, he, he didn't. Trust me, he didn't. But everyone had fun with it, and uh, Detroit News got a good, good, thirty-five seconds out of that. Just be human. I know it's hard. It's hard. They're not allowed to. Be. I know a lot of people that are on the news, and I love them. But I think they're told, "Don't be, don't be yourself. That'll get you fired." Can we just do news banter? No, no. The, actually, the end of that comment just sounded like it is. There was eight seconds of uh, oddness. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver. I mean. Arguably a top 10 receiver. His production's been down because he's down all the time. With injuries, there was all the speculation like, oh, my God, DeAndre Hopkins to a contender or a team right on the edge of the playoffs. Is he going to take it in the shorts money-wise, or will he just go for the money? I mean, I think the Titans have a chance to be competitive. Maybe this helps them. The books aren't going to react to that at all. Did he just jump at the money instead of going to a good team? Yeah. Really good team. Yeah. Well, what's the problem? We, ju- we just talked about Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, right? Yeah. Teams do they do not care about you. Yeah. And I I would love to win too. Can you imagine Belichick's pitch where he's like, I'm not doing Belichick voice, but hey, we'll do a one year deal, it'll be for four million dollars, and we'll get you on the back end. Do your job. Yeah. <laughs> would you trust a handshake agreement like that from Belichick? No, no. I wouldn't. But but and again, like I know that everybody wants to just see guys sign with their team and, and say they're committed to winning and he wants to be a winner. He cares more about that than the money. Do you? In your job? Are you if you if you're out there, whatever you do for a living, are you signing with the the company that I don't know is the most famous or the biggest name 
or the best in the market, whatever, or are you signing with the one that's going to pay you the most? Because most people are going to the one that's going to pay them the most. That's kind of how it works. And so I, I get I, I get the frustration. Again, I because I'm seeing comments about Josh Jacobs and it's driving me nuts right now. So people just don't – people love to judge others for what they're doing when they're probably doing the same thing in their life. But it's t- – like this is where you can strike rich and this is where you can get the most money. Yeah, he's got money already. And after this deal is done, maybe he just goes and signs for a minimum somewhere where he can try to win a ring or something like that. But for right now – Go where, go where you're going to get paid. Take care of you. They don't care about you. Number two. So we've talked a lot about Josh Jacobs. We'll have more on Josh and the franchise tag and no long-term deal in place now that the deadline has passed 1 o'clock earlier today. Um, we haven't discussed Tony Pollard a whole lot, but he is part of this mix, and I think he's maybe of the three running backs who did not sign a long-term deal. He might be the most fascinating because his, his situation's uh, very unique as compared to established guys like Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Yeah, definitely. And and you know, he's entering a position where he hasn't been the guy for a couple of years. And, you know, Josh Jacobs and, and Saquon Barkley have been the lead back, have taken their hits and um, been worn down the way that they have the last couple of years. And now we're at the very end of that. Pollard is at the end of his rookie deal, but has not had that. He's not had that grind. He's been you know a productive player, a, a successful player. He shared the backfield uh, his entire time there. Last year was the first time he even truly shared it. He's been very much relegated to return and and back up and passing down duties the previous year. So uh, he's in a spot now where they have said, look, you're our guy. You're the guy. And the first time he's the guy is the first time he's up for, you know, getting an extension or a big deal. And they weren't able to come to that deal either. So even though it's a different situation than, than the other two, it's similar in that he wasn't able to come up with any kind of a, a contract solution for the next couple of years because I'm assuming – the team offered him less money per year to sign for two or three years than they did for one year for this year, which is sounds like is what happened with Josh Jacobs. Number one. Not exactly the same situation with Austin Eckler, who was not a highly drafted guy. So he's made pretty decent money, but he doesn't have a long-term deal. And he went into the offseason uh, asking to reach out for a trade. The Chargers were like, yeah, go ahead and do it. There was no market for him at big money and a long-term deal. The whole league is on one side on this in terms of the way they're going to treat running backs. I don't think anyone's going to step out of line. So now Austin Eckler is kind of rooting publicly for Barkley and Jacobs and Tony Pollard to push this to the brink. Maybe help all running backs. Yeah, because he's saying kind of what we're saying, uh, that it is just what the league does now. It's what the league has decided is going to be the case. He said the trend right now is not to pay running backs. So everyone's like, okay, we don't have to do it either, which is true. And he said, whether it's right or wrong or indifferent, it is what it is. It's going to take something, whether some guy stands out again, whether it's this year, one of these guys holds out and gets that big contract. But we need that meat needle to move to push us over the edge because here's the deal. The salary cap goes up every year, so you see new highs at every single position except, except this one. Except, <laughs> except running back. Except this one. Um, he said, I'm on Saquon Barkley's side 24-7. He's earned the right to be one of the highest-paid running backs in the NFL. We've got McCaffrey up there at, at – 16, mixing around 12, Kamara around 15. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 time uh, for this to happen. And and so, but I I don't agree with him that one person is going to change it either. No, it's got to be it's got to be two or three, and it's got to be multiple years, and it's got to be all I, different situations. A bunch of running backs have to bond together and really take the risk of losing some money in the short term, and it's going to have to happen. Like I said, over two or three years. Yeah, but I, I actually don't even think it's that. I think it's going to have to be some kind of structural change. Like, there needs to be a change made. And maybe, like, maybe if two teams have this happen to their star running back, 
Maybe the, the team's like, all right, look. Okay. We do need to address this because we're not we, – we had control. We don't really have control of these guys anymore because they can do what they want at this point. Um, maybe it is time to make a change. And maybe enough people fight with this. Maybe enough other positions – jump on board and say look those guys aren't being treated fairly like it maybe it takes that too but something structurally has to change it's not just gonna be one or two guys getting a big deal espn nfl insider bill barnwell big uh, numbers guy jumped on with q when q myers was hosting uh, espn national over the weekend he talks about jacobs yeah i mean you can't argue with the production right in terms of what he did last year you know that was not a, a great season for the raiders but he was the brightest spot for a player who Looks like they might be moving on from before the year. They decline his fifth-year option, as you mentioned. They they play him in the preseason with the backups, almost like an insult, almost like a like, like a motivating thing to try and get the best out of Josh Jacobs. And he has a career year. So um, what that tells me is that this franchise didn't see him as a cornerstone player before that season. And last year matters, of course, but I think more so than Saquon Barkley, it feels like unless the, the Raiders franchise really caves in that they're going to go year to year and say, hey, you know, we didn't see you as this kind of player before last year. Prove it to us again, and then maybe we'll get a deal done. Right. Patriots West, prove it to us again and again and again and again. Three six four eleven hundred. caller 7, time for a qualifier for our Lotus Summer of Fun. You're qualified to win four tickets to an Aviators game. Uh, you also have a chance at the weekly grand prize. We're doing eight trips this summer over eight weeks. This week's prize is a seven-day Alaska cruise for two. You're qualified for that, or you can just take the $3,000 cash. Take the trip or take the cash. It's the Lotus Summer of Fun qualifiers right here. Just one. 364-1100. Talk to DeMond. Call her seven. All right, approaching the halfway point of the show, Cofield & Company, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. You want to watch a little uh, portion of the show on video. We're live up on uh, ESPN Las Vegas Facebook, also at Steve Cofield Twitter, and we'll, uh, we'll have that on uh, ESPN Las Vegas Twitter here in just a second. Big basketball times here in Las Vegas. It is like the national basketball convention from down to high school prospects. I know a bunch of the prospects were playing over the weekend up to the NBA Summer League. The WNBA just had its all-star weekend. I know DeMond wants to chime in on that. In like seven minutes, we'll get to what's going on there. And then, of course, there's all the off-season rumors with the NBA, there's some pretty big-name players speaking out. Embiid made some comments about wanting to win a championship and I think sent the message to Joel Embiid to Philly and management, like, eh, set me up here, or I'm going to win a championship somewhere. So a little pressure on Philly management. And then there's Portland. And there's all this stuff going on around Portland. I hadn't, I guess, I'm in the weeds on this one. We'll ask Von Tobel, who's coming up in like 25 minutes, if this is a an established thing. Um, I like Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski. I think he's a good reporter, but I know to be that level insider, you do have to have good relationships with people, and sometimes that can border on maybe the relationship is too good <laughs> and you're sending out messages on behalf of people. Uh, I don't know if that happens locally with the A's, but I feel it does with some people. Boy, Levitard, and this is not a dig on Levitard show because it's awesome and they've got all those great podcasts. Uh, they kind of mock on talking hardcore sports, but when Levitard does it, he's really good, and especially when it's connected to a Heat story because he's very connected to the Heat. Listen to what he says here about Portland and Dame Lillard and the Heat and Woj. Woj alert was just about Dario Saric. <laughs> well, th I thank you for bringing up Woj. The Heat 
know that he is just agenda-based shilling and bought and paid for by Portland. Like, it's embarrassing that Woj is telling people it might be weeks or months on Lillard, and this is the Heat's position. There are no calls going back and forth. The offer is Hero, and Hero's the best one you're going to get from anybody. Wow, okay. Yikes. Woj bought and paid for. Doing the bidding of the Portland Trailblazers. Pretty strong stuff. Yeah, but he says the Heat know that. Well, the Heat know that because they do the same thing. Are you, do you think they're using Levitard as a messenger? No, no, no I'm saying... Is with, Levitard bought and paid no, for? No, I'm saying with Woj and Chalms and all of them. Okay. Like that's, that's what's done at that, at that level of media. Like that's how that works. Negotiate and set up narratives through different media insiders. Right, in exchange for... You get everything first. Like that's mm. how that that's how that works. Okay. Do people think that those guys are out there pursuing every story every day? That's how they get. To, that's how they get the stories. Is that what people believe? Well, you're informing them here. It's not. It's not sure, a, but you I don't mean, have to laugh at them. People. That's how this works. People just, think it's that common sense. People. Well, but people think that Jay Glazer is just awesome and tighter with NFL people than almost every other NFL insider. And the same thing with Adam Schefter and even down to like an Ed Warder who wants to be called an NFL insider. <laughs> why, why is he taking strays right now? Uh, because he's actually made it public that he wants to be called an NFL insider. And I would say amongst all the NFL insiders, he is probably towards the bottom. Sure. But I mean, it, scoops and you know, that kind of stuff. It, and this is not even a taking shot at, at those guys. It would be, it's in, it would be physically that's impossible. That's why he has two phones. Come yeah, that's on. true. It'd be physically impossible okay. for that to happen. That's just, I mean, it's common sense. It should be to people. That, that's how this game is played. But, yes, that's happening. I mean, bought and paid for is pretty strong. Sure, but, sure, but it's bought is a stretch because they're not paying him. Okay. Um, it's, Favors? It's, yeah, it's, it's, access? It's, exchange of, it's exchange of access and information. That's how that's how it works at that level. Hmm. And, by the way, yes, that, that's also what's happening with Levitard is that the, somebody with the heat that knows him is like, hey, Here's what's going on. And then that's not – there's nothing wrong with that. That's – you're getting information because they want it out there and that you want to be associated with it. So are you a bought and paid for Raiders kicker room representative? No. You're just a stand. Sure, yeah. It's, I mean, what's worse? Being bought and paid for, actually getting true. something for it? It's true. In terms of scoops or just being a super fan of uh, Carlson and Cole? Well, and, and yeah, that was boring. And long from, snapping. It was also part of. It was my first. The first thing I covered was the punter battle okay, at camp, and I became. You know the back that, so You all explain it. That's how it was. We've all got our things. We've all got our things. Sure. All right. So here's Levertard actually talking about what's going on with the trade rumor, and I think this is really interesting in terms of how players are valued around the league. He's better than Maxi. He's the best you're going to get. Let me stop it for a second. Let me, let me set this up us. correctly. This let me set it up correctly because I didn't set it's it up correctly. Um, part of this deal is. Tyler Hero is the main piece going back from the Heat. He's a young guy. He's averaged 20 points per game. Um, the Sixers are involved, and so Tyrese Maxey was mentioned. Now fire it, please. He's better than Maxey. He's the best you're going to get. You're boxed in. Lillard wants to be with us. This is the offer. It's not calls going back and forth. There are no calls going back and forth. Portland can do all they want with Woj, sending out all sorts of smoke signals about pressure. It's the offer, and they're saying, show us someone who's better at that age that you're going to get anywhere in the league from anyone, given that Lillard is only going to play here. Okay. Be happy with Hero because he's a top 75 player. Okay. That's a debate we can have with Von Tobel coming up. 
Um, here's the the extra element that Levitard says a lot of people have mentioned to him when you're talking about, say, a Tyler Hero versus a Maxi. They're like, Hero's better than Maxi. He's just whiter than Maxi. So he gets he gets disregarded as a prospect as if he hasn't been a young dude, a young dude in his 20s, in his early 20s, who's a 20-point-a-game scorer. Like, please stop telling me that doesn't have value, is what the Heat are saying. And if it doesn't have value, okay, league, show us a better offer. Where's the better offer? Is it Jalen Brown's $304, super, $304 million Supermax? Calm down, Dan. It's only sports. Lighten up. Isn't that what they tell everyone else? Sure. Um, all right. So do you are you buying that one? That the American white has an uphill climb in the NBA? Well. Not the Euro white. Sure. Uh, Maxi doesn't have a, a rap song written about him. Tyler Hero does. He does? Well, it's a white rapper. Okay. But sure. Right. And I think that, that counts for something. That's that's kind of a strong allegation that Portland looks at the American white and is like, man, devalue him. I I felt like he was more talking about public, but I mean, yeah, I I don't. He's right, wrapping it. He's he's mentioning in the trade. Give us the player that is better than Tyler Hero, and that Hero is unappreciated around the league. While Matt Maxey's overhyped, I also don't think it's necessarily just it's Tyler Hero. It's what else comes with it. Okay, it's not just going to be straight up Tyler Hero for. For Dame, like there's going to be part of a more package or any player. It's not going to be one player for Dame. It's going to be one major piece plus additional pieces. So if it's hey, it's Tyler Hero and four first round picks, that's different. Okay, all right. So this isn't this isn't something with Hero, who if you remember when he was coming out in the draft, I said he's a combo between Wally Zerbiak and Mike Smarek. Sure. That was a joke. Uh, Zerbiak is 6'7", 240. Mike Smarek was actually Canadian, and it was a 7'2 guy. Some debt left strength to him, too. I'll bet. American White. <laughs> oh, sure. Right. American White. Right. J.J. Reddick. But that, is, that yeah. is one of our favorite things during the draft. Is Jason people are, Capono. People, yes. Well, I mean, Jason Capono, that would be a good comparison. Is he, he's the one that Tyler famous, Hero is not Jason he's Capono. He's the one that famously said along these lines that if, I think if he said if he was like... Like Caponowitz? Capone, uh, Caponovich. Caponetti from Italy? Sure. Then he would He'd be been, a top 10? Yes. He would have been paid a lot more and recognized <laughs> a lot more. Yes. All right. So he, I mean, this goes all the way back to him. This is not a new phenomenon. No. Of the devaluation of the American white as compared to the Euro white. Poor guys. It's a rough go. Does anybody <laughs> actually think Tyler Hero is better than Tyrese Maxey? Uh, I think they're about the same. I don't know. Why are you down on Hero? I'm not down on him at all. I think it's a good trade. I think Philly shouldn't be trying to talk about Damian Lillard because we don't know what's going on with the rest of their team. If Harden leaves, well, I think Embiid's going to be looking at his watch. Well, that's why they're trying to get. Yeah, that's why they're trying to get him. Uh, <laughs> they, can, they can replace that. Might want to just keep Maxi while you still have somebody young because I think Embiid's going to be looking at his watch. Embiid who's, may be looking at, hey, it's time to go down to Miami. Who's rapping about Maxi? Nobody. Nobody. Jack it's all Harlow. about. It's all about rap. Yeah. It's all about the hip hop. Yeah. Jack, Jack, Jack Harlow, hip hop or rap. And what's the difference? The difference is more culture and just music. But okay. Xavier Pope is incensed by Jack Harlow and his game. Not basketball game, his rap game. It, well, if he's talking about the second album, he's right. Okay. <laughs> it was trash. All right. All right. And that's why Jack Harlow came out. I've said this to you before. Why Jack Harlow immediately came out with the third album after the second album was awful. But you do respect his... Music a little bit. First album was fantastic. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. 
Second one sucked. Well, let's go back to bought and paid for. So on the WNBA, I expect a full-throttled, massive conversation of support from one Damon. Damon was out at the WNBA All-Star Game. I could tell. They they gave us goodie bags. <laughs> and inside the goodie bag was what, Damon? This sweet hat that I'm wearing right now since we are live on the stream if you're watching. Wow. You can see it right now. It's it's a reversible. Steve told me when I came in the studio. Drop my headphones, but that's okay. It's a reversible bucket hat, WNBA. I love the orange that they go for. Okay. And you came out of the WNBA All-Star Game thinking, you know what? This is one of the greatest events I've ever been at. I love All-Star Games. Uh, no, not exactly. <laughs> not, not, not bought and paid for. Okay. You know what's funny, though? I'll just this quick because I know we got to go to break soon. Someone came up towards the up in the press box, and they had a beer with them. And they're like, oh, looking for their seat in whatever organization they were with. But they had a beer and some food, and I was like, they're doing it right. Well, <laughs> let's build on that because I did notice as a working media member, because I was in the same area as you, a lot of weird-sounding websites <laughs> and people who did look like they were fans. And they enjoyed their bucket hats, like you are. But that's interesting. So Damon went out there and was like, well, I want your comments. I don't know what you're going to say, so I want your, your reaction to the WNBA All-Star Game. Maybe it needs some work. John Von Tobel coming up. Some more NBA talk in about 10 minutes from VSIN. Has been out at the NBA Summer League. All week plus long. Uh, today, final day. UNLVTickets.com. UNLVTickets.com. So we were just talking about Tyler Hero and Dame Lillard and that whole trade deal and Dan Lebetard calling NBA Insider Woads, bought and paid for by the Blazers. Damon, you also had a question. Who's more of a fanboy in this case? Is that kind of what you were asking between Lebetard and Woj? Yeah, like if he's going to call out Woj for, oh, maybe that doesn't make sense for Portland. It's also for Dan Lebetard, you're only angling for this trade as well because you're the Miami homer. So they, bo- they both have their agendas, hmm. but let's not try to act like it's, both, it's not agenda written on both sides. What do we think, Adam? Yeah, I mean, obviously in the case of Lebetard, it's more fan, f- fanboys. I know, be, careful when we call, right, right. be careful when you call people fanboys. Sure, but I mean, yes, he's, he's saying this as a Heat fan, a Heat follower, somebody who's plugged in with the Heat, all of those things. He's looking at it from just their point of view, obviously. And in the case of Woj, it's transactional. Of He's putting out something because it's going to help him later, and it's helped him in the past have those relationships. Like Those things are, those things are both true. There's very, they're true. There's very different reasons for the messaging. Okay. Uh, WNBA All-Star Game was this weekend in Vegas. I was out there for the game. Where's your hat? I didn't get to go to uh, the other festivities because we were doing shows at the time. What do you think? Were you just down on All-Star Games? I think it's All-Star Games in general because I did like the addition of the four-point shot. I thought that that's cool because I would have just been out there chucking four-pointers the entire game even if you know I'm not a shooter. But for me, it's you know they're already not playing defense because it's an All-Star Game. Everybody wants to preserve their energy. But once you add in the lack of defense – and just oh, so okay, so we're just—it's just glorified pickup. And I don't think—I don't think anybody wants this. It's entertaining when you know you got Brittany Griner slapping the floor, Chelsea Gray—you know—a nice little one-on-one. Those little spurts of hey, look at that! This is some one-on-one defense, and she's going to take her to the hoop and get a, rever- a nice reverse layup. But they're far and far and few in between with the fun that you expect in an All-Star game. They were playing rock and jock. 
That's before your time. Yes. That's an old reference. It's the old MTV games used to put in like a 25-point shot. If they had that, I would love it. <laughs> I was also thinking, because there, there's a lot of alum, you know, a lot of former players out there. Hey, you know, for at least one quarter, you pick an old vet, you pick a vet, bring them in the game. Just some excitement. So you're just trying to go for torn Achilles and just ruining, ruining knees. Dude, I, come on. I think <laughs> Sue Bird can give you a still. You know, she can give you five minutes in an all-star game. No, if you're not, if you haven't been playing for a while, get out there and overexert. Okay, a fan. <laughs> give me yeah, a that's, fan. That's going to be rough, too. It, it, it's, t- it's tough. For, for actual fans of sports and games, all-star games are tough. That's just that's just how it's gonna be. It's for it's for people that don't watch all the time. You wanna see the big stars. If you're if you actually like the games, I'm sure you hate all star games for the most part. In every sport. Yeah. It's it's tough to get it's tough to get hardcore and that by the way, that your idea is also not gonna bring in hardcore people are just gonna hate it. If you actually like the game, you're gonna hate some of the nonsense. Well if you're hardcore, you're gonna watch or you're not gonna watch. But I just mean for the fan experience there. There's got to be more than just, eh, we're going to let you shoot a four-pointer and do some things there. Maybe incorporate, you know, the skills challenges. I know that that would condense the weekend, but just incorporate that at halftime or something. The actual half, you know, the, the, the three-point competition, the skills yeah, competition. Maybe do three-on-three three or two-on-two two tournaments or something. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what to do. It's, it's hard. Like, the NHL tried that with basically just a three-on-three three shootouts. Up and down the ice. I mean, they're, oh they're trying. Teams are trying. Oh, boy. Am I going to have to do the lecture? I get very condescending on this, so be warned. The games are not for us. All-star yeah, games are not for us at all. So saying. the quality of the game should not matter. And, and Damon, what to me, what you read from the success of an all-star game is the crowd and the crowds around it. And I'll tell you, I was sitting upstairs afterwards, and the uh, borderline blood-curdling screams of – uh, little girls, like, so freaking excited to just get any contact with a player. That's what these games are all about. So, Damon, I want to be fair. We went to break with me answering your WNBA, you know, wishes for a different game format or more competitive format or treat it seriously. And I said, hey, it's just for the fans. It's for the girls, little girls out there. It's for the hardcore WNBA fans. They just want to see their stars. I don't think they care that much about the quality of the game. You got anything? Well, yeah, if your answer is for the kids, and what am I going to be, anti-kid, you win. Uh, I, I'll be anti-kid, <laughs> but not in this case. I mean, I, I just I, – I see the way – I see the way fans – first, they watch these things on TV, and we know it's, you know it's, it's not a real game. But I see the way they react at on the ground, in these cities, at these events. Like, we've seen it with the Pro Bowl. I'm blown away by just people – like, you know, I, I brought up the uh, SO before. The significant other just loves the Chargers, loves Justin Herbert, and just to be in a stadium with them, like, oh, my God, he's there. These games are for, you know, different types of fans. It's not for hardcore fans. Uh, John Von Tobel's with us. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. By the way, don't be afraid to be anti-kid. I've got two kids, and I'm anti-kid. So. Exactly. Exactly. I forgot to say John is from the WNBA's Up Next, the future of the sport.com. Well, He's a blogger. We mentioned that uh, there were a couple of fans. I'm sorry. That's what I guess that's what they were. A couple of media people that were seated by DeMond that annoyed DeMond because they brought beers. Upstairs. No, I was jealous. Not annoyed. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. It's this is what this is what we see at events like this and sports that are growing. Adam and I saw it tons of times at boxing and especially UFC. Oh yeah, early days. Yep, for sure. Now, so they brought beers into the media section. They uh, the there was media seating upstairs that almost never gets used at Mandalay, but there's a big section right. of media up in the rafters, and yeah, no one was really checking, so they came up with some food and some beers. Media. So 
I mean, I don't know. I think that's somewhat inappropriate. And I will say um, there have been times I actually didn't do it this year, but like last year at the summer league, when I was done working, I put my credential in my backpack and sat in the stands with a beer, but oh, not bringing it up to the media section and oh, still pretending to be one of you. Oh, is that a violation, Adam? No, it's fine. Okay. Uh, as long as you put the credential away. No, but, it, and also you'd be surprised to know it wasn't like any major outlets that were doing this. It was very obscure blog names. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, whatever. I mean, I guess the obscure blog should be the one that doesn't do it, right? You're the right. one that wants to get your thing out they there. They don't know. The boxing people, like, it, it used to happen at boxing. Uh, we'd have Radio Row, and we love doing Radio Rows. And then on the night of actually working the fight, you'd see major market radio people just sitting there with a beer. So it, it's, mm. it's, 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 I'll say it's quibbling. Um, I don't know. I'm not here to police the, the media. Um, is, this, is this quibbling, or was there an agenda here? I saw you do a little video commentary on a person tweeting out complaints about a local sports book because they were getting rid of the future sheets. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. I think this is a fascinating topic, and it skews old, and you know that's right up my alley because I am mildly ageist. Uh, so there is a local casino that's doing away with betting sheets, and I think it's all of them. I don't think it's futures. I think it's all of them that they're getting rid of. They want people to go on the app, and here's the thing. The app in question is free to get on, and you don't need an account. A lot of a lot of places need an account to access the odds. Not the case with this place. Just download the app. You get access to everything. This is what's going to happen now. They want people on their apps. The paper is a waste. And even if people are complaining, like, oh, they're nickel and diamond. It can't be that much. It doesn't matter. Like, they want to save money. Then it's their, prior, it's their prerogative to do so. And they want to get your eyes, and they want to get the downloads on their application. It seems like it's such a weird thing to me to get outrage, like there was outrage. Like I saw people alleging, and I say alleging because I don't think this is the case. I worked at a coffee shop in this casino. I saw the clientele, like they're setting their ways. They ain't going anywhere. Alleging that they would take their business elsewhere because there weren't sheets available. Like what are we doing? It's it's <laughs> not. They're not. They're not going to be available what much they- longer everywhere. So yeah. like, like get ready for it. That's that's what we're seeing. It's the future. Of course. Yeah, by, by the way, for anybody out in, in Las Vegas who maybe hasn't explored the new sports betting space, and other, they don't even have rotation numbers in other places. Yeah. There's no such thing. So you just go out there, you fire up the app, you bet a kiosk, whatever it is. Rotation numbers are a thing of the past. So a lot of people are like, well, I need the rotation number. It, it's, it's not even a thing in anywhere else in the country and arguably the world Did in you terms see of this? a rotation number. Did you see these tweets? Uh, no, but I've just put together what place he's talking about, obviously. Um, what place? Well, say yeah, we're gonna mention a bunch of them. What place? Oh, you're talking about Red Rock, obviously, right? It's station, well, station casinos, casinos yeah. in general. Yeah. yeah, and it was uh, what, what's Rob's last name? How do you say it? Uh, Mish. Okay, it was it was Rob who is kind of a gambling writer, I guess. I don't know where he lives now, but um, he stepped up on behalf of the old heads and said that you know the and people were jumping in like Rex Byers, like oh this is outrageous, what a terrible business move. But while they did that. And they tag stations, then they tag their friends. And they're like, go to these places. Like, we know what you're doing. Yeah. And course. it was Circa, and it was South Point, and it was Westgate. And we're fans of everyone. I don't care. But when you see someone tweet out shots at one place and then pimping three others, come on. Yeah, it's pretty transparent. And what are they going to do when, as I think as you're both referencing, it's going to happen everywhere within a year. Like, nobody's going to have sheets. Anymore. I, ho- I hope Michael Gone looks at it and he's like, that's a great idea. How much money are we wasting with freaking sheets that are all over the book? It, and, then, and, then, and then, and then, and to the point, John. Then we want to see the same people go South Point. Terrible business move, because they're not going to do that, right? And and here's the thing: like the betting sheets, because this is the what, what I'm fascinated by is like I heard like there were some people who were like you know like well I, you know I need it for the odds. Like first off, there's a screen. Second off, 
if you're looking at that sheet, uh, it's it's old. Like it's mm-hmm. opening numbers, Absolutely. it's overlight lines, it's yep. whatever it is. So then you're gonna look at it and go, okay, I want you know twenty five eighty five. Uh, run line, and you're expecting minus 135, yeah. and it's like minus 170 now. What like, happened? You know what I mean? Like there's, you can't there's, print out sheets with updates every three minutes? Right. And here's like, I've gone to these places. I love these spots. I love Red Rock. You want to know what I use the betting sheet for? I wrote taken in really big letters, <laughs> and I put it in front of the TV in the seat that I was using because I didn't want anybody to take it. There you go. I, it's, not, it's not being used for anything. And I, I, I get it. People don't like change. People are set in their ways. But to, to your overall point, Steve, this is something that is happening. They, you want to save money. Kiosks are becoming more popular. And frankly, and this is the thing you don't like, but this is the evolution of technology in certain fields, the tellers are going to become less and less, right? Because at the end of the day, you're going to be able to put kiosks up there and you're not going to need as many tellers at the window okay. because you can just have somebody put their money in and do that. I would expect outrage over that because that's people losing exactly. their jobs. But sheets, I mean, come on. That would have been a great angle. I still think it would have been phony, but that would be a good angle. Because I feel right. bad for those people who, because I was a, a sportsbook writer for a few years, so I know the experience. And for people losing their jobs because of technology, that blows. But to have a conniption over the weekend over sheets is just... All right, we were just talking about Dan Lebetard and his comments, one, about um, Woj being bought and paid. And then he also made a comment on behalf of the Heat that Tyler Hero is a top 75 player in the league. He has lots of value, and that's the best the Blazers can expect back in some deal for Dame Lillard. So what do you want to address first? So I think, uh, look, the, the quibbling between Tyrese Maxey and, 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 uh, and Tyler Hero's players, I, I, like, I think they're comparable players to one another. Each one has a strength. Each one has weaknesses. You know, I, like, if you throw one in the hat, pull one out, I don't think there's really a major difference. Would I rather have Tyrese Maxey? Yes. But if I was going to be stuck with Tyler Hero, you know, would I feel like I'm really getting uh, screwed over there? No, not really. I think the big takeaway that I even retweeted the clip and I was like, everybody's getting stuck up on the wrong thing here. What's incredible to watch in that clip is Dan Levitard, who had Pat Riley at his wedding, who is friends with him, who has deep personal connections in the Miami Heat organization, alleging that somebody else is bought and paid for with their reporting. I think that's 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 I don't know, man, like that's it's an incredible blind spot for somebody who really does tout you know journalism and all these sort of things. To not understand that even even if Dan Levitard truly believes that Tyrese Maxey is not as good as Tyler Hero, the optics of him, his relationships, and spewing that on a national platform while calling somebody else bought and paid for, I think is incredibly like <laughs> hypocritical, not understanding where you're at in terms of your own standing in the media. So I was kind of amazed by it. Like I said, he's, he's a smart guy. I'm a fan of what he does. It's a pretty, it's a pretty ignorant thing to say, considering where you're at and where your personal relationships are at, and how it sounds coming from somebody who is connected to the Heat organization the way that he is. What about the basketball side of things? Is that a crazy notion that Tyler Hero is the best, you know, top end player that they're going to get in a deal for Lillard? No, I don't think it's crazy at all. But like, it it also ignores too, like like when when Woj says that it could take months. It's, it's not crazy, and he's not the only one who has said it. And, and the other thing is, too, if you go actually read up on this, Allville announcing had a great write-up on this whole thing with Levitard. You know, e- even their producer, Mike Ryan, was going after Kevin O'Connor, who works for The Ringer, who said the exact same thing, that it would be a terrible trade. And I guess the thought is, is like, you just don't want him to come here. Like, you're not some persecuted group, right? Like, it's, it's true. Whether or not you like to see it, 
The fact that we're debating between Tyrese Maxey and Tyler Hero as the centerpieces of a trade for Damian Lillard speaks to where the market is. It is not a good deal for the caliber of Damian <laughs> Lillard. And just because it's the best deal doesn't make it a good deal. Right. And, and when you look at what the Portland Trailblazers can do here, it behooves them to sit back and wait for the season to begin. Because when the season begins, you as a team, whatever team you are, you understand who you are. Let's take the Celtics, for example. I think the Celtics, by all accounts, got worse. They got rid of Marcus Smart. Grant Williams is not there anymore. They brought in Kristaps Porzingis. A vast majority of the guys who are going to play in the rotation this next season are injury guys or guys who are injury prone who have missed time. And if we get two months into the season and the Celtics are looking around and going, man, we're not as good as we thought. Let's actually put a real package together to go and try and get Damian Lillard. Those are the things that change. So it's not this like out of this world doing the Portland Trailblazers bidding right to go ahead and say that because it's the truth and it also ignores can i just point out uh chris haynes who works for bleacher report and tnt is like best friends with damian lillard in his camp he does the exact same thing i would say even worse he was the one that reported that all the players in the nba are watching how is he not in the yeah, crosshair yeah, so yeah. I, I think it's all pretty a fascinating <laughs> dynamic overall john montobel vsin part of uh, the company here with cofield and company on uh, espn reno and espn Las Vegas, last couple of minutes. Uh, we do have the Summer League uh, final tonight, so set this up for us. Uh, I mean, the thing to watch is Cam Whitmore. If, and I haven't seen it. You always want to make sure whether or not they're going to play. For those who have not watched, Cam Whitmore has been absolutely incredible. The kid who went to Villanova, who was supposed to be a top-five pick, and then slid all the way to the 20s because of, I guess, some medical concerns. He has been the best player at the Summer League by far, outside of Orlando Robinson, I would say. And that's a, that's a fact. Robinson was awesome in his stint at the Summer League as well. But Cam Whitmore looks every bit of a top-five selection that fell all the way through. The Rockets got something with him, man. And you've seen his odd shift, guys. Like, Whitmore at one point was 100-1 to to go for, for Rookie of the Year at some outlier shops. Most of the places had him at 20-1. to That has now been cut to about 50 or 45-1 to in a couple of outliers. And again, 20-1 to in the vast majority of places. He's going to be really good. And, and I think that's, to me, that is the headliner here is Cam Whitmore and the Houston Rockets because Whitmore has been the best player on the floor at every game that he's played so far. Dang, strong stuff. Uh, let's close on this. Last minute. Uh, the walls are caving in on me on this immaculate grid thing. Uh, Demond's just lost his mind over it. John, I know you sent something over last week about it. Uh, Demond, you want to break down how well you're doing and why the rest of the world should be playing this? And has it really taken off? I think every yeah, man. I, saw, I sent the clip with Mookie Betts. He was playing it, you know, on his Bleacher Report show. Everybody should be playing. If you want to test yourself, your baseball acumen. I mean, you also have the other ones going on today. It was um, I had to try to d dig into the Expos knowledge that I don't have because mm -hmm. it was Washington Nationals and who who's won a Gold Glove. So I was only eight of nine today. Only eight of nine. Uh, John, no, weren't you saying no spoilers? No spoilers. John, weren't you saying last week that it's extended to other sports? Yeah, so I think there's there's NFL and NBA for sure. I think there's probably, I would assume by now, an NHL one. So wow. I got to tell you, um, it made me realize, like, I don't think I really have a good memory of guys going places. Like, I was in there scratching my head a lot for some of these. So I have to dive into my knowledge because some of these people are killing them and they're going for the rarity scores, right? Like the 1-2% uh, of players selected. So I've really got to buff up my knowledge of uh, movement, player movement because I don't remember anything. 58% on the first one. That's rough. Too obvious. Yeah, right? That means you're a commoner. Yeah, too obvious. Adam's yeah. gone for the next 20 minutes, folks. Damon, are you going to play uh, NBA or uh, NFL during the break? Uh, I, you know, baseball's really got me right now. Okay. That's the original, so I'm sticking right. with the OG for right now. John, you're the man. We'll uh, see you later in the week over at Mountain West Conference Football Media Days. Thank you. See you guys.